Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh yeah, Rico, your mic, you're on mute. There we go. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, there we go. Now we hear you. There he is. Yes. No. Yeah, we hear you. Are you not hear us? Hello. Okay, somebody start the show. All right, well, we're going to hold on a second. Give me just one second. Yeah, we hear you. All right, well, good morning. It's Tuesday, March 14th, and today is National Learn About Butterflies Day, National Children's Craft Day, National Potato Chip Day, National Pie Day, and we're not talking about the pies that Gretchen B. Bacon. It's also National Equal Pay Day not referring to candy bars and it's national write down your story day because everyone wants to hear a sad also national today thank you for joining us getting high at nine with us it's also high noon on the east coast and please remember to like share and subscribe to us on all social media platforms we're live every monday through friday on youtube and audio only on clubhouse and you can use that fancy little qr code right there in the top right hand corner of your screen to find out where we live on the internet but we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. Rico, are you back with us now? Oh, I'm back like I left something. Okay. All right. All right. Glad you got just your, your, your technical difficulties all figured out. Me too. Yes. You want me to go first, or you want me to introduce you? you want, whatever you want to do, Rico. It don't matter to me, bro. It's your world. I, you can go first. I can introduce you. That's right, because it is the dope dad himself, Rico Lamit. When he's not late coming in here, and ah. you can find him <laughs> being unprepared when it's time to, that's right, change Zozo's diapers, pawning it off on his wife, because, you know, why not? That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Rico Lamit. Jokes on, jokes on, jokes on, jokes. I only have a week and a half more at this place, so uh, I appreciate y'all and your patience with me. So uh, my story today is coming out of um, a green market report from John John Schroyer as well, and it's all about where we are today in the cannabis industry in relation to SVB bank failure. All right, so... Silicon Valley uh, bank failure could have tangential 
tangential effects on the cannabis industry, say experts. All right, so Silicon Valley Bank became the biggest U.S. bank to fail since 2008. And from what we know so far, none of SVB's major account holders were cannabis companies. But finance experts are warning of almost certain ripple effects coming, even if it's indirectly. Poseidon Investments principal Morgan uh, Paxia told Green Market Report John Troyer yesterday, SVB's failure is the just the tip of the financial iceberg. And we've been dealing with the two-year bear market, recessionary kind of situation in our industry, but it feels like the rest of the world is starting to wake up. Think about what's happened over the last few weeks. Personal credit card balances hit new all-time highs, auto loan defaults picking up, uh, uh, picking up, and commercial loans are defaulting. You're starting to see the weakness in the system. He then highlighted Friday's signature bank failure after SVBs. It was the third biggest bank failure in U.S. history. Signature board member and former U.S. representative Barney Frank took his grievances to CNBC and blamed $10 billion in unexpected late Friday afternoon withdrawals on bank customers scared after hearing about SVB's collapse. You think? Yesterday's news broke. California-based First Republic might be next. What we're witnessing in real time is a long overdue crisis in confidence in the U.S. banking system. Sure, they tell us failures are expected if you dabble in crypto. That's just gambling. Old heads hate change and will always bet against it. Sure, nothing is FDIC insured in crypto. Sure, the entire asset class is built off hype and speculation. But guess what? So is everything else in America. None of this shit is real. Monetary value in the stock market, whether it's traditional investments or not, is all built off rumors and speculation. Surprise. Made a 2008 crash with the most hated man in the room who just happened to be black, saved their old white asses, and it was back to business as usual. 13 years later, the hype-fueled 2021 Wall Street bets, pump and dumps were a sign of things to come. Players are not the problem. It's the game. Too many things in the American economy are interconnected, and it takes one major domino to fall. That's all it takes for the rest of us to follow suit. Paxio went on to tell Schroyer, it's already far beyond SVB, and I think it's too cute to say it's contained. I don't think we're done. We're not going to know for a while. He said it's quite possible the current situation could worsen and, re and result in some mid-level banks failing too, but he thinks that for now, cannabis is okay in small credit unions. Brian Miller, executive investment director at Rare Capital, tapped in to say he thinks that cannabis mom and pops are going to get the worst of things to come. The companies that sit at the top of the venture-backed ecosystem, they're probably going to be okay, but the ones near the bottom they're going to struggle more. At the end of the day, a company can seek capital and a company can lend capital. It's just a question of the cost of that capital. Capital is also becoming more and more expensive right now. So I think the small guys are going to hurt. Both men agreed that the real question is whether there's more pain on the way for the U.S. financial system or if the problem can be controlled before calling on fellow industry executives to keep a close eye on the big picture and adapt accordingly. The capital markets industry just got bruised, Miller said. Does this turn into a bigger animal? I don't know. I wish I had a crystal ball. Well, you know, you don't need a crystal ball in this situation. It's going to fail. This shit will happen again and again, even with safe banking. 
unless we decentralize the risk, we're just an old white man's bad bet away from all going under. And if there's any time to listen to the Brads and Chads in this industry, it's now. This is their bread and butter. And for once in the last few years, at least for now, the ones without broad access to traditional banking are safer than the ones who do. I'm Rico Lamit, Dope is out on the street for High Nine News. What you got to say about this one, Jason? Um, I, I, I want everyone to see this video that uh, I shared uh, in the off-topic chat on, on Saturday. Ch check this out. This is, this is Saturday morning in Brentwood. Brentwood, California. SBB Bank. Watch, look at this line. You think it was a grand opening of a cookie store somewhere. <laughs> wow. That line. Hold on. And now wait till you look. Hold on. Slow down. Pause. Pause. Look at inside. Get, get, get a close up on that, Adam. No, on the inside of the bank. Oh, maybe he can't. But basically, the line is just as long in the inside of the bank as it is on the outside of the bank. And that that place is, is packed. That's everybody in there trying to get all their money out of the bank. And this was just on Saturday. Damn. Wow. Mm -hmm. So. Oh. God. So 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 you're saying that this it, this happened because of the Democrats because of Joe Biden. I'm confused. What does no. he have to do with this happened because of the system? This systemic failure It's going to happen over and over and over again. Well, yeah, let's not let's not even, you know, begin to talk about fractional reserve banking, which is like the most horrendous you know, situation that puts us all at risk. Right. Exactly what this is, what's happening here. But let's talk about our politicians, because like I know for a fact, because I've been researching this, a lot of our politicians have, uh, you know, have, you know, reported it properly. But they they sold shares of these banks that were going down UBS, um, PNC, all these different banks that are starting to lose money. These the, our Congress, uh, you know, people are like, you know, taking advantage of that. And everybody else is look at that video. Everyone else is standing out in the fucking rain waiting to take their cash out of the bank. This is a serious. Hold on. They're not, they're not even getting cash. They're not even getting cash. Out of their they're bank. getting vouchers. They're, they're getting, no, they're getting cashier's checks. Yeah, yeah, they have to take which they have to take to another banking institution right. to then cash or deposit. Exactly. It's, like, <laughs> it's exactly. crazy. Yeah, man, it's it's all it's, it's all fucked up, and unless we decentralize the system that we depend on, it's going to happen over and over and over again. Period. This is the best. Like you can talk about, you know, um, um, what's in the uh, SBF uh, um, in, in the fall of you know the the, the crypto uh, um, exchanges and everything, but that's centralized, man. And there's uh, a lot of cannabis companies that banked with this bank in particularly. A lot. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's 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 going to affect a lot more of us than we think right now. And you say like, oh, yeah, we're not in there. Like, no, if you have fractional amounts in there um, or if you one of your shell companies or if one of your investors has money in there, which chances are they do, you're going to be affected by this. Yeah. Like, we're just seeing the beginning of this question, Rico. How are you lumping safe banking into this? You referred to safe banking in your story. I said there's no such thing as oh. safe banking. And if you have more so you're cash. You're just being cute. You're not actually referring to the <laughs> if you If you have more cash, if you have more cash right now, you're in a safer position than having your all of your money in one of these banks that are tied I'm up. I'm asking a direct system. question. What? 
but I gave you a direct answer. Like, say, no, but, are you talking I, about the legislation is or not? not? He's not. No, he's no, not. He was being cheeky. Right, he answered. Thank you. Thank you. No. Just checking. It's no problem. Answer but I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I did have an hysterical ball over the weekend as I'm watching all of these Silicon Valley people all whine and complain. How am I supposed to run my business without banking? <laughs> oh my god how am i supposed to run my business without banking well i'll tell you what I'll, i see i see a real bright future for all these so-called cannabis consultants in the silicon valley yep there's no such thing as safe banking mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just i just like the irony of of sbf having a three-letter acronym and all these banks having the same s and and other another two letters in their acronym that are failing so it's like there's definitely a conspiracy here i think sam bankman fried's like crazy hair has like a, you know in it's in, enveloped all of the banking infrastructure that's, and it's that, that's a stretch with gretchen right there <laughs> uh, uh-huh. yeah stretching it up what do you think about do you think about this bail this bailout, Gretchen, being out in Washington D.C.? Do you think these banks should get bailed out? I don't. I would not call it a bailout. Well, what would you call it? Because the taxpayers uh, are paying for it. The taxpayers are not paying for it. Again, Jason Beck, without right, the facts, yeah. shocker. Yeah. Uh, let's hear it's it. coming let's hear from it. it's coming from an account that is supplied by Wall Street, and if this account, which has about a hundred billion dollars in it, runs out, guess who they ask for more money? The banks. The so government. this is not a bailout. <laughs> This is not taxpayer money that is saving these. But, but Gretchen, and, how- and wait, 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 stand by, Simon. They are also not saving uh, these people with um, the investors and those folks. They are helping the people who had uh, had their accounts. They're not helping. They're not doing a bailout for the high execs like they did in two thousand eight. The, bail, the high execs bailed yeah. themselves out prior to this whole crash. Yeah. They just Easy, killer. How about we start with some facts? Hold that on, Gretchen. Knows. Gretchen, it's a, it's a good point. Facts, no, facts are important here because, you know, we have we have uh, systematically since 2008 bailed these big institutions out. So that, that uh, fund that you're talking about, that was probably just by design that was like, hey, we can't bail you out again. You're going to have to put together your own bonded kind of situation to help uh, uh, relieve these stresses in the future. But now they're doing it again. And I mean, and and now it's like, how are they stepping into guarantee? We're watching the, the systematic failure of democracy in our country it's happening right now. not the systematic right failure of democracy. We're, we're watching the systematic failure of the banking institution. That's, and, that's and, our capitalistic and democratic system. The spending of the Democrats, but we need to go to a commercial. We'll be right back. Let's do it. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Yo, that was terrible. <laughs> that was emotion. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I was, I was, was really awesome. high. I was really <laughs> I high. <laughs> Jason got me lit off the Nemo. Sorry. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. Are we ready? Yeah. Up next. He's known for smoking the best weed in the world while openly supporting some of the worst politicians in the country. But hey, it's all green at the end of the day. Up next, you know who it is. The West Hollywood's president of cannabis tourism and the industry's longest continuously operating retailer. Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, guys. Happy, happy. What is this? Taco Tuesday? Talk about it Tuesday, Rico. 
Oh yeah. Come with that well, spice. Come with that yeah, spice. I got some spice. I got some spice. That's for sure because California cannabis. You know what it's in? It's in peril. That's right. The California cannabis industry is in peril. Panelists tell a committee on Monday. That's right. Leaders of California's cannabis industry painted a bleak picture of their business at Monday's Senate Business Profession, pr Professions and Economic Development Committee. In a quote, the industry is in peril, said Ron Gashoni of Jetty Extracts. Another quote, we are at grave risk. We need your help, said Jeannie Coleman of the Origins Council. Wesley Hine of the California Distribution Association called for a Manhattan Project-like effort to address the state's marijuana regulatory structure. They also say, bring the people in and say, you don't, you don't come out until we've gone through every single regulation, he said, and all we're saying is we need to do a reset. That is all from Wesley Hine. Along those lines, Coleman, Coleman said that the, the state must remove its site-specific California Environmental Quality Act requirement that, pres that, that, that presents a major hurdle for the industry. As Tiffany Devitt and Canacraft explained, when applying for a CEQA permit, cannabis businesses are required to provide a specific address. That means leasing property, paying rent, and going through a local application process, even though they are not assured of getting a permit. As for some uh, local jurisdictions, it's really a flip of a coin, Devitt said. Devitt said that the cannabis is, is one of California's great legacy industries akin to the wine industry, Hollywood, and Silicon Valley. Well, Silicon Valley might not be anymore. But without taking concrete steps to allow more retail sales by overriding the control of local governments that have blocked them, Cutting taxes like the excise tax and stepping up enforcement of the illicit market, including going after the makers of dangerous synthetic hemp products, the cannabis industry in California will continue to fail, she said. Lawmakers largely use their time to ask panelists questions and seek clarification. One lawmaker, Senator Stephen Bradford, shout out to Stephen Bradford, Democrat from Gardena, used his time to critique the legislature for making the issue more complicated than it needs to be. We put regulations on industry that no other industry faces, he says. By creating too many barriers, including high regulations and even higher taxes, lawmakers are promoting the illicit market, Bradford said. He also says, this is the only industry that you have to pay taxes on your product before it is sold, he said. And Senator Bradford, you are right. You champion amazing legislation, but it was defeated, unfortunately. But you are probably one of the only sane people in the California uh, state legislature that deserve to have that job and actually understand the cannabis industry. And I'm going to digress and see what you guys have to say, because the cannabis industry is looking like a Silicon Valley bank right now. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the High at Nine News. What do you all got to say? Right. You know, anytime you have really high taxes and really high regulation, you're just setting yourself up to fail. So it right. is failing. You know, I mean, there's uh, I know lots of people in the cannabis space and nobody's making any money. Right. Yeah. So uh, everything... I, would, I would love. To... Go ahead. What's that, no, Nicole? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Todd. I, I was just going to say I would love to see the California market move from this big industrial complex to, you know, small farmers markets and allow the industry to grow organically in that way. 
um, you know, let let remove all these high taxes out of it. And, and let's go back. That That's how we're going to keep the small craft grower alive in California and keep the industry alive, I feel. Um, remove all these high taxes from the industry. You know, um, I, I'm going to be crucified for this, uh, for saying this, but um, I got to ride like, like with Jason. Like, we got to get more Republicans on our side Republicans, mm-hmm. because Republicans want less taxes. And less regulation. Yeah, want less regulation. And we need to educate more Republicans on how the cannabis industry is going to be beneficial for them, for their districts and everything, because I just I just don't see anything going forward except for the medical market and for big pharma uh, with the Democrats. That's just me personally. But um, where we are right now, we're at the point of no return. Motherfuckers going under. Yep. What do you think about this, Gretchen? What do you think about all this Republican cheerleading? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about time that Rico came to the dark side. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We all knew you were a closet Republican, Rico. I don't know why no, you it for so long. Nancy, I'm all about just so you know, I'm a Nancy Mace Republican, Gretchen. Oh, I'm, a Nancy, I'm a Nancy right. Mace Republican. <laughs> I don't know what that means. He's, he's, um, he's saying he's a, he's a Coke Republican is what he's saying. Coke boy. Uh, I, I, I like I like Nicole's approach. I mean, until until this uh, this plant, this industry, until it's treated like what it is, uh, it's going to fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs to be just like any other crop. It needs to be treated the same uh-huh. way. And the fact that you know they're taxing the hell out of it, no one is ever going to be able to succeed in that fashion. Um, and until you can get your administration and your president on board, I don't see how this gets better. Because the only thing this does is it it just it it impa- empowers the illicit market. It empowers the legacy market because why would you pay forty percent tax on an eighth that you can get around the corner for half of that, for a quarter of that? Yeah, I, I just I, I just think that yeah, the Democrats had their chance. Mm-hmm. They, they, did. they had their chance and they dropped the ball. And if we want any form of you know private business in this industry and not run by big banks or uh big government big banks or uh, big pharma we got to go a different way man we got to go a different way everybody's gonna go under it's gonna be a real real rough next couple of years for cannabis retailers that's it Yeah, the same thing's happening in las vegas as well even though it's a big tourist industry and uh, you know, lots of cannabis is moving through here. You know, it's uh, it's tough to see retailers making any money. Um, you know, what happens in California usually trickles out to the rest of the country. And uh, we're seeing it here in Vegas as well with uh, overregulation, uh, you know, certainly uh, high taxes as well. And, you know, a, a joint should not cost $15. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it shouldn't. <laughs> right. Well, my, my mine should cost more, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> you should take you should take one puff off of each of the each of those joints and sell them. Oh man, if I could sell by the puff, bro, I'd be a rich man. Collect. <laughs> I'd be breaking down joints all day. The glass tip has Jason Beck DNA on it. Exactly. <laughs> that definitely gets a higher price. Oh man. So yeah, it's California is just a bellwether for the rest of the uh, right. the industry. And just sadly, um, we're in trouble. Period. So, enough of new gloom, uh, all this doom and gloom, though. Let's bring it to somebody who's always bright, <laughs> sunny, 
and happy every single day. <laughs> spicy redheaded conservative with claimed Mayflower roots, known for mixing up bipartisan ingredients in the kitchen and abusing rescue animals by forcing them into outfits only she deems to be cute. Up next, you know who it is. It's the founder of Panoptic Strategies and Hyatt Nine News' very own Washington insider, Gretchen Gailey. Thank you. Thank you. Don't make me bring out the long form again and show you my Mayflower roots. <laughs> oh yeah, they again. we've seen it. We've seen the certification. No, I don't believe nothing. We are this is we are all living in a simulation. Okay. So whatever you say, Mayflower never existed. What? All right, I don't. I don't even know how to talk to you people. Uh, but you want to hear about more uh, doom and gloom? That's what you're asking for. Doom and gloom. I got doom and gloom for you. We love by, gloom. By, by our. Uh, by the head of our government, good old Joe Biden, everyone's favorite Democrat, uh, is once again blocking marijuana sales in D.C. Uh, headline is Biden proposes to keep blocking marijuana sales in D.C. in budget, despite calling for new approach to cannabis. Even as the Biden administration works to promote the idea of taking a new approach to marijuana policy, the president is again proposing to keep banning Washington, D.C. from allowing cannabis sales. While President Joe Biden's budget request for fiscal year 2024 does maintain a long-standing appropriations rider to prevent Justice Department interference in state and territory-level medical cannabis programs that advocates support, they are dismayed to see D.C.'s autonomy on marijuana commerce is being targeted by the president for the third year in a row. The budget appendix released on Monday also proposes to keep riders intact to safeguard the legal hemp industry from federal intervention and to restrict funding for the promotion of legalizing Schedule I drugs. For advocates, the president's consistent refusal to request lifting the D.C. cannabis provision, which has prevented the district from using local tax dollars to implement a system of adult-use marijuana sales, is particularly disappointing. D.C. voters approved cannabis legalization at the ballot in 2014, but the writer from Representative Andy Harris has represented a major obstacle that has kept local lawmakers from enacting commerce le legislation that's been put forward over recent years. Representative Eleanor Holmes Norton has been particularly critical of the administration for simultaneously expressing support for the district's statehood while actively undermining its sovereignty with respect to marijuana policy. She said, for the third time in his presidency, the president's proposed budget would unfortunately block D.C. from spending its own local funds to commercialize marijuana. While the Harris Rider was kept in the 2024 budget request, Biden did again propose to remove language that has blocked the city from using its funds to provide abortion services. This latest proposal also comes after Congress voted to overrule a recently enacted D.C. law to significantly revise the jurisdiction's criminal code an action supported by the president that similarly generated criticism from statehood activists. Both the House and the Senate had admitted the marijuana rider in their respective versions of appropriation legislation last year before it was ultimately retained following bicameral and bipartisan negotiations. Meanwhile, district lawmakers have taken several steps to expand cannabis access while being bound by the Harris rider. Mayor Mural Bowser uh, signed legislation in January that contains a provision codifying that adults can self-certify as medical marijuana patients without a doctor's recommendation, effectively circumventing the congressional blockade. Lawmakers continue to introduce cannabis sales measures, which they're allowed to discuss as long as the reforms aren't enacted, according to the GAO. 
Some held out hope that Biden would remove the D.C. rider this time around, given that he signed a mass marijuana pardon in October for people who committed federal possession offenses and directed a administrative review into cannabis scheduling. If Joe Biden is such a lover of cannabis like he claims to be in every damn speech he gives since last October about how he set people free, it's time to set the District of Columbia free and allow marijuana sales. This is Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News. I mean, Gretchen. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden is just a classic lover of the freedom market. Because that's basically what's happening in in DC, and he hasn't stopped that. I got nothing. Trying. What you want me to tell you? I am not a ninety year old man <laughs> pretending to care about black people. I don't know what's in his head. I don't know. Oh, yeah. cobwebs, cobwebs in his head. But what would the Republican stance on this be? Because they're just as bad. What are you talking about? Yeah, but the, the the Republicans don't campaign on being a friend and going to promise all these extra things that they don't deliver on. Republicans actually deliver on their promises. Yeah, like uh, you yeah, know, like Biden, Biden's Biden's <laughs> trying to be the marijuana Moses. Like, let my people yeah. go. Like, what what is this? Like, this guy's. I mean, I, I think everyone's over this presidency. Can we just fast forward to the next one? Can we just like go ahead and all doom and gloom ahead, man? It's going to take ten years to rebound from some of the shit that that that, that Trump and Biden both put us through this is what happens when you put uh, uh, people who have i'm trying not to be ageist here people that don't uh, uh, look in and sound and uh, um, really resonate with their constituency when you put them in office like this is the kind of shit that happens. Like, what like do Trump. you mean, bro? Joe was in the he was in the black church singing in the choir, bro. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> and and oh just like God. those leaders of that black church, um, they need to, to they need to go. They need to go. <laughs> right. to oh go. damn! Right. Damn! Right. Right. Oh man! They're they're not leading their flock. They're not. They, that, they that is are. Not- they're basing their they're basing their prejudices based off of propaganda and lies that were told to them their entire lives, and yep. none of them have actually woken up to the fact that um, the, the truth about this plant. And and it's just it's time to go. You know, I you I, I, I look at woke woke? I look at I look at who he aligns himself within the black community, and mm-hmm. it makes sense that he thinks like this because he's he is leaning and looking towards people that. Are are not up on information and facts that are up to date. They're still looking at facts and information from fifty years ago, sixty years ago, a hundred years ago. Well, wouldn't most of those not be considered facts because because they were disproven? That's right. Those okay. those are the facts. Yes. 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 And, and what and whatever happened to the separation of church and state? Right. What do you mean? Why, why are we? Rico is alluding to the fact that that he was he was pandering to voters at church is what Rico is alluding to. I mean, that's just but but that's never been a thing. That's that's like that's just like some like, you know, some falsehood that like there is separation because we all because we all saw Obama. Right. He had to like play the whole. Oh, I'm not a Muslim. I'm a Christian. I'm in church. Like this is like it's crazy that there's there's that much effect that religion has on, you know, who we are as people. Like why? Why? people even feel like that they have to buy into that um whole paradigm but uh but yeah i mean like separation of church and state it's like 
it's the opposite. It's like the more churchy you are, the better chance you have of running the state. So that's uh, and, and church, churches are the most corrupt institutions in America. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've well, taxed tax all those motherfuckers. I don't, I don't, I don't know about the most corrupt. I mean, I can say pretty. How are they not? Huh? Because I, I, mean, I feel like anytime you say something is the, the most corrupt, you can come up with something that's more corrupt. You can always kind of top that one. Okay, so, so Trump ran his whole campaign on on evangelicals, right? I mean, okay. he locked into those that group of people, yeah, the, the, and yes, and and created this whole. He he combined the church and state, um, you know, for his whole campaign, and he's doing it again. I mean, first of I all, I, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why are we into religion? Religion has nothing to do with Madame's story. The story has to do with DC being allowed to have adult use. I don't know how we got that far off the rails here. His budget includes $15 million for hemp. Does he not understand the hypocrisy? I don't understand it. Does he really not get it? That's my is that, question. Is that going to be $15 is, million for hemp enforcement? Or just supporting industrial hemp production. Well, so, Gretchen, he still has farmers as Department of Agriculture then. What, what? So it's going to the Department of Agriculture then to support farmers. No, what are you talking You are once again making up facts that in your cute little head, Jason Beck. I don't know I'm where you're saying, you're saying that it's to, it's to support. My it's point to support. is that in the same budget, he's given plenty of money to hemp. Well, I wouldn't know about plenty. He's given money to hemp, but then he's sticking it to DC. Can you explain that to me? To be honest, he should have more money for hemp, but he's giving it all to Ukraine right now. So, I mean, like, that's a real problem. Yeah, he gets all these things. Hey, oh. Yes. All right. This is going yeah. nowhere. Next. What's next? <laughs> you, know, you know who legalized? Ukraine. Nobody cares about DC. Nobody. Oh, on, we're not going. You can't give them those, give them those giveaways yet, bro. Come okay. On. Once again, off the rails. We're not going to Ukraine. Let's go to an ad. I'm sure we got an ad. Yeah, we, we got an ad. You're right, Gretchen. We got a commercial. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Any thoughts and opinions of general overall shade thrown a high at nine news. Those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice. And our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory or of any authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship and our speakers do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you're an easily offended person, this show is probably not for you. And maybe you should just go and be part of I-71 in D.C. and go and buy a bag of weed and self-proclaim. <laughs> 
you want to grow some of the best weed in the world, then you must start with the best genetics in the so world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.shop to see why our terps don't lie. Up next, he is a patient advocate in 15 plus a 15-year regulated market industry vet who specializes in licensing, facility design, and build-out. And you know what? He's also a fellow dope dad representing the Central Valley here out in California. Up next, it is Saman Razani. You're on mute, Saman. <laughs> SR. Yeah, sorry guys, sorry guys. Thank you so much for the warm welcome, Rico. Thanks to all of our co-hosts for putting up with all of us on the daily. Um, I have a great story today. Uh, the story is so great because when you when the media starts uh, saying that if the Democrats were in charge that they'd get shit done, you know it's going to be a good story. So we got uh, our from our favorite Beard Bro Farms. Big shout out, Bill and Jeff Levers. Virginia adult use market launch scrapped with uncertain future. Bum, bum, bum. Recreational marijuana developments are currently taking center stage on Virginia's political front, while the adult use market stalled indefinitely. Thanks to that, Virginia citizens now have no choice but to turn to alternatives from either the traditional market, hemp-derived sources, or growing their own cannabis at home. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. This stalling of the adult use market could have been prevented in the in, if the then Democratic controlled General Assembly had been in power, the legal legalization bill sent from former Governor Ralph Northam had taken center stage and a more robust framework had passed. It was during this time that the adult use marijuana was initially passed. And when Dem and when Democrats should have created said regulatory framework, however, the confidence that they would be in power beyond elections and be possible to address it then would seem would, would see them unable to see the process through to fruition. While the law passed in early 2021 allowed Virginians to not only possess but cultivate up to four plants and saw the possible start of recreational sales in early 2024, the law still required the reenactment of legislation provisions at the time. In the interim, Republicans regained control of the governor's office and the House of Delegates, and these likelihoods of success for these measures dimmed significantly. So what now? Republicans are now in power and seem reluctant to move forward with Virginia's adult use market launch, mainly due to them being against the adult use market from the start. What the legislation needed was to, was to set up an adult use market, but this failed during the General Assembly's legislative session. Furthermore, a pair of Republican-sponsored cannabis regulatory bills were stopped, and with it, the chance to finally set up a licensing scheme in time for sales to commence. Currently, Republicans are also pushing for a proposal to slash nearly 70% of the budget of Cannabis Control Authority, the CCA. Simultaneously, Virginia's part-time General Assembly meets in regular sessions for only 30 days, and there is no time left in the state's legislative calendar to introduce an alternative. For now... 
Virginia sees a rise in illicit market alternatives, illegal storefronts, and illegal pop-ups. Untested products conta containing hemp-derived Delta-8 THC are being obtained with some concern about the health impacts. Little hope is held for the future. There's little hope for a 2024 sales launch, even if the General Assembly is scheduled to adjourn its meetings. With no hope for this year, 2023, with adult use cannabis regulation dead for the entire year, some of Virginia's existing medical cannabis licenses will be held by the major multi-state operators and new market entrants. All entrants will be stuck in, holding, in a holding pattern. Other relevant parties and individuals believe that adult use sales will not commence on January 1st, 2024, as hoped. Uh, especially with no advancement in adult use cannabis legislation in Virginia planned for the rest of the year. It is also alleged that this is not where the current governor wants the General Assembly to spend its time. Despite little hope, common belief states that Virginia's current problems will continue until the market is regulated and taxed federally. I'm guessing that's what they mean. If you can't succeed, push for something else. <laughs> Given the current situation, some relevant parties are pushing for a comprehensive bill regulating help-derived cannabinoids. Other forms of regulations on the other side of its political pool are taking shape. However, they're not believed to address the burgeoning illicit market problem either. On the other side of the political pool, more bills are being pushed to deal with hemp and Delta-8 and the regulations thereof, as well as the issue of consumer safety around those products. The focus on these bills is to counteract the mislabeling, misleading, and mistargeting of products toward children. In the giant pool of legislative push that has clouded Virginians and has come from the previous Democratic-controlled General Assembly's failure to legalize cannabis without passing ironclad regulations, Republicans are now pushing for solutions to their makings. Overall, the situation has become less about the adult use marketing and sales launch and more about fixing rising problems. Despite, despite pushing in all directions, the Virginia adult use market launch remains scrapped with, cer with certainly an uncertain future. And locals will continue to turn to alternatives or grow their own supplies at home. Nevertheless, the stalling marks, the, the stalling marks a big loss for Virginia citizens. And that wraps our story up from Virginia. And I want to hear from Rico. Rico, what do you have to say about this? Um, this is Glenn Youngkin's fucking uh, administration. And I know that Jason and uh, Gretchen are going to try to push back on this. But um, it's, it's, it's all bullshit. And it's the Republicans versus Republicans out there. And the industry in Virginia is failing because of Glenn Youngkin. It has nothing to do with the Democrats in the state. It has everything to do with poor leadership uh, out there. And I'm, I'm just sad that uh, my, my folks down there uh, can't get access to good quality uh, medicine. It, it's just going, you're just pushing more people into the trap, uh, period. Well, they really cared about getting the Delta 8 uh, out of, uh, of yeah, people. The reason they're doing this, okay, the whole reason that this is happening, Saman, which this article failed to mention, is due to the fact that the governor wants to get a hold on the illicit Delta 8 market and HHC and THC oh. and all of these other different compounds first before he introduces a retail market for cannabis. Okay. I feel like that's, now, excuse. Hold on. that's just an excuse. Hold on, hold on. I, here I will agree with Rico Lumit. 
And yes, there was. What? Don't put. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't put your arms up too soon. Yes, there was poor leadership. And it was poor leadership on the Democratic administration that tried to set up this bullshit market from the start. If they had set up a market that was made to succeed and actually put together legislation that built a market, then the Republicans couldn't have so easily dismantled it as they did because it was shit legislation from the start. And everybody knows that. Oh, I, I see. Think that's, but, but, but that's the problem. That mentality is the problem because they're not yeah. creating the market. The market's creating itself. They have to confine the market and to and to have a system where they can collect some revenue from them. So, 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 Gretchen, Gretchen, that's Gretchen, all I like your point, Gretchen. I like your point where where you're saying that the Democrats did such a terrible job creating this that basically <laughs> they they made this like they, they knew it was never going to go through in virginia so they're like hey we're going to set this up and then we're going to make it so easy for the democrats to dismantle or for the republicans to dismantle and then eh, all the cannabis people are going to hate the republicans again and they're going to they're going to praise the democrats is what you're saying the, Repu- no, the democrats tried to force through this legislation mm-hmm. way too fast before yep. the end of their administration and that is Agreed. why the regs were set up so poorly for this market not to be able to stand. Saman, I got where you're coming from, but you need regulations to build a market. I, I, I know, but the, mar- but, but the market exists, and that this is proof that the market exists because no not matter what, you, not if you don't have the regs to yeah. hold. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. With all due respect, the, 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 with all the market respect, exists. The market due, exists. Yes, it's not exactly. regulated. Exactly. And that's the problem, Gretchen, is that the market's going to exist no matter what. So politicians need to get their shit together and come up with an equitable situation to help all of the people, you know, you know, conform to a new system. That's all. Right. Right. And the Democrats couldn't pull that off. They couldn't pull that off. I I, I agree. It was half ass attempt by Ralph Northrum in the beginning and they got cocky. They thought that they were going to win the election. And Youngkin came out and won the election and uh, Northrum and his crew. Uh, before they uh, they stepped out of office, they put through a half-ass attempt at legalization, and they thought they were going to be able to fix it within the next term. It didn't happen. And what you do is you have Glenn Youngkin come in there, and he said that he was going to do a bunch of stuff that is going to uh, uh, rein in uh, a bunch of the bullshit that is going on in the quote-unquote cannabis I'm not going to call it an industry in, in Virginia. It's just a market uh, out there. He thought he was going to do that. He thought he was going to bring people in that were going to be able to do that. And they couldn't agree on how they were going to regulate that. And so where we are right now. I I want to say that it has a lot to do with the farming kind of situation in Virginia. These are traditional tobacco farmers, traditional farmers of other things. Like they are marginalized with this cannabis thing happening. And they already got the farm bill help with the hemp. So they've gone that direction. Now, entering this new market for them might, you know, pose some issues for those guys. And I think that's a big part of the reason why they're kind of like, you know, pumping the brakes on this. But again, we don't know. It's it's probably more political and more about money than we know. But that's, that's what it is. Well, and I think something that people forget about Virginia, and I don't know how they forget about this, is Virginia is a very conservative state. Yeah. They got one little that's, blue stronghold around D.C. That's it. And that's it. Yeah, that's that it. Is it. And D.C. is not even part of Virginia. But on after that, we got to go to a commercial. We'll be right back. Is D.C. even part of America? Oh, 
yeah coming up next that's right we have one of our guests with us today that's right mr todd dankin from the great state of las vegas nevada oh yeah he's the creator of the marijuana news network and loves to smoke cigars that's right you may think that they're blunts but they're actually really are cigars that's right it is the man mr todd dankin and the crowd goes wild thanks jason yes i do like cigars um and shout out to my uh, favorite cigar shop in fuego cigars in las vegas two locations um my story brings us back to uh what we were talking about earlier and uh religion in cannabis of course this from the catholic news agency the Jesuit Catholic St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia is now offering four certificates in cannabis studies. And one theologian is arguing that the degree program causes scandal. Jared Stout, a professor of systematic theology at the Augustine Institute, said the definition of scandal is action that leads another to sin. And the promotion of a certificate in cannabis studies will do exactly this encouraging the further normalization of cannabis use with a damaging impact on the health of body and soul. Those who enroll in the Philadelphia-based university's new program will work toward one of four different marijuana certificates, cannabis compliance and risk management, health care and medicine, business of cannabis, or cannabis agriculture and horticulture. The school's website says, for anyone considering a career in the cannabis or hemp space, specialist knowledge is the key to unlocking the industry's most exciting opportunities. The cannabis lands landscape is complex, ever-changing, and unique. And this certificate will provide you with a clear understanding of the cannabis industry, how it got there, and where it's going. The school is offering three separate eight-week online courses for each certificate, a sample of the course offerings for the Business of Cannabis Certificate includes a course called Cannabis 101, History and Practice Across Industries, the Business of Cannabis 1, Seed to Sale, and the Business of Cannabis 2, Scaling Operations. The website says the courses feature expert instruction and interaction from top executives and entrepreneurs, board-certified doctors and lawyers, advanced professionals in engineering and agriculture, and, of course, policymakers. The Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches that the use of drugs, except on strictly therapeutic grounds, is a grave offense. Pope Francis spoke out against the legalization of recreational drugs at the 2014 International Drug Enforcement Conference, and the Holy Father said, Attempts, however limited, to legalize so-called recreational drugs are not only highly questionable from a legislative standpoint, but they fail to produce the desired effects. Professor Stout added, I do not believe it is appropriate for a Catholic university to offer a cannabis studies certificate because the church teaches that the use of drugs constitutes a sin against the fifth commandment. The fifth commandment says, for those of you who don't know, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. I'm not sure where it 
<laughs> goes against the Fifth Amendment there, but we'll talk about that. Stott also stated, the impairment of mental functioning strikes at the very heart of our humanity and capacity for free, rational action. I know that many people argue that cannabis use is a therapeutic uh, uh, choice for pain, although this has not been established medically at this point, and there are numerous studies that cast doubt on its effectiveness in treating pain at all. In Pennsylvania, medical marijuana was legalized in 2016. Pennsylvania's Democratic governor, Josh Shapiro, a Jewish guy, has supported the legislation of marijuana for recreational use. In his most recent budget proposal, he included a hypothetical tax income, which showed legalizing marijuana would bring in $16 million for the government in the first year, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer. On the federal level, marijuana remains illegal for both recreational and medical reasons. Stout said that he thinks offering the degree is immoral because it participates in the use of harmful substance for either recreational or questionable medical purposes. Financially, there are difficulties because cannabis is still illegal under federal law, and there is still much illegal activity in the distribution of cannabis, Professor Stout added. I'm Todd Dankin reporting live with Hyatt 9. Jason, I want to go straight to you to answer the professor's claim that cannabis is a harmful substance for either recreational or questionable medical purposes. What say you, Jason? I mean, first of all, I'd say that for the Catholic Church to say that a plant that God created is harmful is a little absurd to me, considering all the damage that they've done to all of the children that they've had care of over the years. But I want to hear which, which Gretchen has. Oh, what's that, which, Nicole? Which commandment says don't touch children? Right. Which commandment says don't have sex with children? Which one says that? And 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 to that point, and to that point, um, last year, I believe it was in Israel, the research came out proving the fact that Jesus used um, cannabis in his holy anointing oil. Mm -hmm. Um, it was found in residue, found in in in, in temples in Israel. Yep. So, uh, you know, Leviticus says, use all herbs of the earth. I could keep going, but I'm going to leave the Catholic Church alone, at, which I have done. I did that about 10 years ago, walked away from them um, because of the hypocrisy that is so prevalent throughout the church. Every time a church comes with, what about the children? I say to you, Catholics, what about the children? Yeah, 100%. What do you think, Russian? Why do you care what I think about this? This is I really care. I really care because this is okay. this is coming out of Pennsylvania, and that's Fantastic. your home state. And so it is my home state. You have to say say in regards to this. I I don't I don't know why this one uh, theologian in particular is so upset. Frankly, um, oh, I, where is Saint Joe's view on this? And I'm not Catholic, so I'm not getting into all that bullshit. Catholics drive me nuts to begin with. Um, we're on, on a Protestant uh, mission, right? Y'all Mayflowerans? I'm a Presbyterian, yes. I'm a wasp, uh, Rico. I'm a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Yes, I am. Uh, I have, <laughs> but I don't know what the hell you what that has to do with anything. Um, when it comes to this issue and they're getting all a cannabis degree, it's an eight-week certificate, people. Get a grip. I don't understand what they're so bent out of shape about. And there are other universities all around the country that have started adopting uh, various cannabis programs. And there are others um, in the Philadelphia area that are doing this as well, like actual degrees. Um, so I think the Catholics need to take a step back and 
you know, start bitching about something that matters. They need to take a look in the mirror, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the fact they call it immoral, you know, whose morals, right? right. Their morals? They have right. no morals. Right. Exactly. You know? exactly. <laughs> it's, exactly. It's whatever works for their agenda, you know, like typical politicians. Mm. You know, yes. that's what the Catholic Church has turned into. You know, a political It's always been storm. that. It's always been yeah. that. I'll say like to see how they how they perform if they're taxed like every, every yes <laughs> yes I I was gonna say just tax these guys so that so that we could have an even playing field here because then they would shut the fuck up. It's a pretty so, well, Saint so, Germain so, pointed out for us that the Catholic Church had to set, shut down in Santa Rosa because they couldn't pay their um their child abuse uh, fines. So yeah, yeah, because the Catholic Church in Santa Rosa uh, filed for bankruptcy this week, seeking to avoid. Go. Fifty million dollars in child sexual sexual abuse. That's payments. right. That's right. Jesus. So they need to they need to worry about that issue and leave our plant alone. The plant that Jesus used to heal people. Leave it alone. Hey, them priest robes be hidden though. It's just as fresh. Okay, I'm ready for my story. It's going yeah, to yeah. Come on, Rico. Let's go. <laughs> Found a purple plant magic. <laughs> And also the encyclopedia over at, uh, um, I don't have my script in front of me, out, out in the Las Vegas every Wednesday morning. And she, you know what? She is well, well, well versed on everything in the Caribbean when it comes to cannabis. And that's why she's bringing this very important story to us today. Nicole Buffon, what you got for us? Take us home. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, team. Yeah, my story comes out of Antigua and Barbuda, um, which uh, is called Antigua. The title is Antigua Becomes First Caribbean Country to Allow Rastafari to Grow Cannabis. <laughs> this should have happened already, and you would think it would have happened already, but it hasn't. Uh, last week, members of Antigua and Barbuda's Rastafari community were presented with their legal author authorization during a historic signing ceremony at the prime minister's office. Prime Minister Gaston Brown praised the Rastafari community for their resilience over the years and granted religious and cultural group the landmark authorization under the 2018 Cannabis Act. At a special ceremony, three renowned Rastafari leaders um, were presented with certificates by the Medicinal Cannabis Authority, which will legally allow them the right to cultivate cannabis for religious purposes. I believe as a faith-based institution that, our, that your organization should be respected by all, said the Prime Minister. We have adopted many European and non-European religions, and we have a pan-African religion right here. And instead of embracing it, we have sought to destroy it. I want to encourage you to stand your ground and continue to exercise that resilience. The PM said that there needs to be more collaboration between his government and Rastafari community in areas like developing the cannabis industry and in agriculture to help ensure food security on the Twin Islands. One of the areas that we are very pleased with the Rastafari community is well vested in agriculture. And I'm hoping that we can have a stronger relationship with the various organizations to increase food production, Mr. Brown said. He also added he would like the community to assist where they can in preventing youth in Antigua and Barbuda from using cannabis. The new changes make Antigua and Barbuda the first country in the Caribbean to document the right of Rastafari to use cannabis as a sacrament. At the presentation, MCA Director Regis Burton hailed the uh, occasion as an important milestone for the Rasta community. We know that the history of cannabis has been a long journey and the history of Rastafari has been a tedious one. And we are here to acknowledge the rights of the Rastafari community, Mr. Burton said. The government and MCA said it was vital that the Rastafari community are able to recap economic benefits from the growing of medicinal cannabis, having been advocates of its medicinal benefits of 
for several decades. Rastafari elder Glassford, um, who um, welcomed the move by the PM and said he was making a great step forward. In September 2022, Mr. Brown's government condemned schools that dis discriminated against Rastafarians and students who wore their hair natural and in locks. According to the government statement, the Constitution of Antigua and Barbuda protects freedom of religion, freedom of association, and the right to hold different beliefs from the majority. According to the government's policy, schools are not to discriminate against members of the Rastafarian community or those who wear their hair in the same way. The Rastafari movement is a religious, spiritual, and cultural way of life, which started in Jamaica during the 1930s, started before that, but Rastafari communities can be found across the Caribbean, Africa, the UK, Europe, and the US, and other parts of the world. Rastafarians believe the last emperor of Ethiopia, his imperial majesty, Haile Selassie I, um, is the second coming of Christ. Early teachers of the Rastafari faith were heavenly influenced by the philosophies of Marcus Garvey and began preaching about the divine kingship of Ethiopia and the divinity of the emperor. Last month, anger erupted after it emerged that Canada has been granted a license to import cannabis into Jamaica. This is the real story, y'all. Jamaica cannabis farmers are furious that their local industry is being overlooked in favor of Canada. I, I learned and later confirmed that the CLA board has approved the importation of ganja into Jamaica from Canada. <laughs> this, the, the news of Canada's right to import cannabis into the Caribbean country has not gone down well with Jamaicans online, with many calling for a reform, a reform in laws relating to cannabis in Jamaica. When I read this, uh, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. What, what corrupt, greedy government official in Jamaica decided that it would be a good idea to import Canada weed from Canada to sell in Jamaica. Yep. It makes no sense at all. Yep. When, when, when Jamaica decided to sell their genetics to Canada years ago, I was disappointed. But this, this is just ludicrous. And I'm going to put, put a pause in it there. This is Nicole reporting for Hyatt 9 News. I'd love to hear what y'all think about this story. Damn, that's like man, oh, man, that's some spice right there. And I'll tell you what, I feel so bad for the people of Antigua that they're going to have to smoke on Canadian. Canadian no, 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 no. This is Jamaica. This this, this happened oh. in Jamaica. Why so you Jamaica, so Jamaica is the fact that they have Canadian weed is yeah. terrible. It's just, oh Jesus. Yeah, no, like, they're selling out. Sad. Just more sell. Just more politicians selling yes. out their people. That's so it. when you visit Jamaica, please do not go to the dispensary and buy the weed. Yeah. We make sure that you're buying from a Rasta that's growing it locally on the island. Yeah. You got to double check your sources. When you go to Jamaica, do not support this effort by the Jamaican government. Please make sure you're checking your sources when you go visit this island. Just remember, people, if it don't come on a stick, don't smoke that shit. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is this is capitalism at its worst, and I know we're at the uh, top of the hour. Uh, you, anybody, we have uh, one last comment on this story before we hop out. The fact that they're importing uh, weed into Jamaica, a place that grows some of the finest cannabis in the world, right, is just completely ludicrous and uh, really an insult to cannabis, in my opinion. Oh, this is the industry. This is what happens when you introduce capitalism. We have some, we have some fake Ooh, news going yeah. on in the in the thread, though, about uh, the Canadian government and whatever. It's like you know, look, the Canadian government has totally like you know just abused all of the uh, you know all of these advancements in, in this stuff. And Nick says DNA consults mm -hmm. the Canadian government. Well, look, you know, DNA Dude, was working with Canopy, a big Canadian stop, corporation. Stop! Stop! Stop it. And, and, and you know what? 
and maybe um uh, maybe Canada Canada can uh, export their cocaine now yeah. as well. There you go. But, uh, exactly. <laughs> thank you all. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in for, uh, with us for another episode of High at Nine News. You can always catch us weekdays at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our live audience members, online supporters tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. Our vetted industry correspondent team tuning in from all over the global community, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and adding your respected opinions to the conversation. Our Production team, thank you, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, and the wonderful Jaja Simone, always holding things down for us over in Clubhouse, keeping our AV struggles to a minimum. And to our haters, join the Catholic Church. They need some time. <laughs> <laughs> Ties, ties, ties. Make sure you guys uh, hug on your mother, your grandmother, and your daughters. It is still Women's History Month. Show these ladies some love. And my uh, that. Before we hop out today, you know, I'm Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street. Nicole Bafong, what you got for us? You want to take us out? Give us a message. Check your sources. Buy weed from locals. Shop small. Small farmers. Yes, indeed. Run that, Adam. Joe Biden.